0: <laughs> good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Retrospectives podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, James Terlings. How are you, James?
1: Yeah, pretty good, Patrick. And yourself?
0: Yeah, going, going very well. A little tired, but apart from that, I am uh, ready to do this. This fortnight, we are doing James Game, an obscure gem that you've never heard of, as is James's style, called Beautiful Joe. Um, it was a side-scrolling beat-em-up that was made by a team called Team Beautiful that uh, was later renamed to Platinum Games, who you know for doing titles such as Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, more like 3D beat-em-ups. And it was originally released to the GameCube. It was um, ported to a few other consoles like the PS2 later, but uh, we were playing the GameCube version. For those who have not listened to this show before, uh, we on the Retrospectors podcast have a simple goal. We want to know if games of the past, particularly classics of the past, have stood the test of time. Each fortnight, we play a game that's uh, about 15, 20, 25 years old or so, and uh, we play it through from start to finish. And then we have a discussion and we evaluate how fun it was to play today. We want to know if it's worth for you to, you know, buy this game, install this game, play this game this weekend when it's competing against all the other modern movies and games we want to know if it's actually stood the test of time so james what i want to know is why did you pick this game and why do you keep continually picking games that i've never heard of Beautiful Joe it's very weird what what's the deal with
1: it is it that weird i think that um Hideki Kamiya the director of Beautiful Joe and the you know the main guy i guess at Platinum Games responsible for titles such as Devil May Cry and Bayonetta And all sorts of games that I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, I don't think he's ever made a bad game, you know, because Scalebound was cancelled and all and we'll never get to see it. But every game I've played of his I've absolutely loved and this is the one that I've never touched before. So I've been really excited to, you know, get my hands on it. Do you have any familiarity with any of his other works?
0: i um i adore devil may cry um i've played every title devil may cry game except for two and i love them to pieces number three will always be my favorite though i've played through bayonetta one because uh, it came out for pc which i enjoyed but um i think i was kind of like a little over that genre but then devil may cry 5 pulled me back in i want i want to ask you because the, the thing is about this genre, it's a 2D beat-em-up. And I have played basically nothing from this genre. I haven't really played fighting games like Street Fighter... I don't even play smash like i don't even enjoy playing those sorts of games. are you familiar with this genre in a broader sense
1: no not at all like honestly i would you know kind of compare it to the other crazy games where the general gameplay loop's pretty similar right it's about learning enemies attack patterns and making use of um, proper spacing and combo attacks to get their health done by ducking in and out of the you know opposing patterns. I really don't think in terms of gameplay loop the switch to two D and three D makes that much of a difference, honestly.
0: Well, I have have my opinions about that, but we'll get into that later. I, I just wanted to say that my frame of comparison is basically uh three D fighting games, and also maybe like Fury. Fury is a reference point, and maybe some. 2D metroidvanias that have combat like hollow knight i'm not i'm not an expert on this genre so my comparison points are a little different uh, rather than if i was playing an fps i've got a much broader genre knowledge.
1: okay sure i mean i've played a lot of street fighter and smash but i don't think those are super comparable but you know 2d fighting style games sure i've played a few of them but you know nothing like this before really
0: so just some final housekeeping before we get into the main Thrust of the discussion um if you want to play the original copies of beautiful joe it was only ever released for ps2 and gamecube so unless you own one of those consoles and buy the game on ebay it's quite tricky to get a hang of for that reason we um we just emulated it uh on the dolphin emulator which is far and away the most stable emulator i've ever used uh, did you have any issues james or did it all run smoothly
1: no, none whatsoever. I have a funny story about it, but we'll save that for later. Okay, but otherwise, sure. no technical issues. Oh, <laughs>
0: glad to hear that, at least. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all of the um, initial introductory rubbish out of the way. Let's get into the discussion.
1: The actual fun stuff? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so
0: James, <laughs> the basic premise of Beautiful Joe is that uh, Joe and his girlfriend, Sylvia, are watching an old superhero movie in the theatre. When all of a sudden, as the movie's entering its climax, a big menacing figure grabs and picks up Sylvia and takes her into the screen. Um, Joe quickly follows, dropping into movie world. Uh, within seconds of getting there, Captain Blue, or the spirit of Captain Blue, he was just defeated, it's not really exactly clear if he's alive or not, he, um, he grants Joe the powers to become a superhero himself, and he eventually names himself Beautiful Joe. And then Joe must go through a typical superhero adventure to rescue his girlfriend and save the world. Very, very basic premise, but that just gives you a basic idea of the plot and stakes that are happening as this story progresses.
1: Yeah, and so as Patrick mentioned, the entire game takes place inside of a movie. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the game that they use to reflect this. Uh, Even gameplay mechanics and weird camera angles and that kind of thing. And I think the entire game's aesthetic and everything that it's trying to achieve is based around this premise that the game is inside a movie.
0: Well, it's funny. It's Yes, the premise is supposedly that it's inside a movie, but I think it's more accurate to say... That it's like a cross between comic books and a movie, because or com- well, it's
1: a movie about comic, well, about um, you know, like Japanese Sentai kind of thing, right? Like, um, I guess the Western equivalent being Power Rangers.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's a fair point, Yeah, and when I think of that, I think more like Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, superhero movies, even the older ones from the fifties and sixties, they tended to follow more i guess traditional plot and character arcs whereas this feels much more episodic it's called movie world but it's more children's cartoon slash comic book than it is literally movies
1: yeah it's very episodic every there's only about seven levels in the game and each one of them kind of apes a famous film um almost like the last level star wars um one's Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea that ends with a fight against this you know crazy comic villain styled after jaws um you know the entire game and everything going on in the story and the visual direction is absolutely about you know this saturday morning superhero cartoon and i think it's pretty great and they do a great job of it
0: yes this game looks fantastic and and it's even got like neat um little flourishes like One of my favorite things is whenever you get into a fight, you hear Sylvia say, just go for it. And uh, I can't remember what happens when you pause the game, but it says something like, Take a minute or something like that.
1: Oh, when you pause the game, it's really snappy. It, it like it even insults you sometimes, like going yes. to the bathroom again. Really, <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I think um the presentation of this game is extremely striking. You know, the it's got this cel shaded art direction with these deep blacks that look straight out of the page of a comic book, and it looks incredible. This is a game from two thousand and one, and I think that this game is like the pinnacle of a title that's art direction carried it throughout the years and i don't think could like ever look bad
0: yeah so i i basically agree with you i think that this game's uh cell shaded style is fantastic and it is the sort of style that does stand the test of time uh far better than you know 3d games like vagrant story uh but uh <laughs> there is a problem that i identified it's not it's not terrible okay. but it's noticeable and that comes in the animation. I think that while the individual attacks of Joe are well animated, I think a lot of the animation is kind of sloppy. Like, for example, when you're fighting the lizard man and he like jumps from his chair with an axe, he just kind of is holding the axe at an awkward angle and kind of locks into that position as he leaps into place to face you. And I found a couple of the um the bosses were kind of suspiciously animated like that. The number one problem I had though relates to the relates more to the cutscenes actually. The characters' mouths just move like their lips flap endlessly and it doesn't Do you
1: think um do you think it's just flapping randomly or it's um match to the Japanese voice track?
0: So, obviously, I don't know for sure, but I think it might just be flapping randomly because they just never stop speaking. Like, it's just non-stop <laughs> opening sure. and closing. And, like, I, I've played, um, like, you know, for example, Sekiro with the Japanese... Yeah. Um, with oh, Sorry, no, that's not a good example because I, I listen to that in Japanese. I've played, you know, the Dark Souls games, which were, which were, you know, with, with English, and it was never... It was never that bad. So yeah, okay. I, I, how, how did you feel about the animation?
1: Yeah, the cutscene animations weren't great, but in general, I thought that the enemies were pretty well done. And Joe himself is very good. Um, there was a couple of examples where I agree with you. There was this lion boss that runs around in circles and its run animation was um, kind of janky. But I found that a lot of the enemies had a bit of personality to them. There was this one that was this like, ballerina almost and these like sexy lady dancers, and i thought they all like showed their personality to the audience um the the bigger heavier dudes moved with a bit of like you know oomph in their step and I think a lot of the animations are very intentionally like slow to communicate information to the player almost. like There's a lot of signaling through the way the characters moves and their sound effects to signal new attacks. And I think that those, like the attack animations and the signaling was done very well in this game. I agree
0: that the animations on the micro scale were, were done well. Even the very first enemy you fight, it's like a robotic thing, but it's almost like a puppet on strings. And like the way that the the limbs uh, swing around are quite good i just found that there was certain i guess on a a larger style on a macro scale when like the jump larger jumps were happening everything was a bit awkward and like joe's running animation you know when he's when you're just moving along just looks strange it
1: looks kind of weird yeah because he's moving kind of slow for how fast his legs seem to be moving yeah so
0: functionally i agree the animation is like fine but I think it did detract from my enjoyment of the aesthetic somewhat. Yeah,
1: it's definitely not as strong as the, you know, just the pure visual direction, which honestly, in my mind, is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, visually this game is more striking than many modern games even. Um, There are some, you know, dated textures and some aliasing problems and some of the UI isn't as crisp as it could have been. But I think all that stuff, you know, pales in comparison to the like really awesome art that's on display here. Every environment just really pops out of the screen. And I had a couple people come through my room while I was playing the game and just comment on how cool the game looked. So I just, I think it's really good.
0: There was one other thing I was going to mention. I was actually going to mention under gameplay, but I'll just quickly drop it under here. And I think this is a game that suffers from a restricted field of view. So obviously this is a game that was designed to be played on televisions. So your field of view is quite limited. It, it's probably like a 60 or a 65 field of view. And I think this game, if you could get a widescreen version of it where you could see. More yeah, of it
1: screen- doesn't support widescreen. I think that is a major criticism. Um, probably one of the most noticeable things I had playing the game
0: yeah so it, it has a functional aspect as well which we'll get into but from a from an aesthetic standpoint, if you could like spread this came out over your screen and and get a slightly more zoomed out perspective i I think I would have enjoyed it even more um, that that was a visual qualm I had
1: yeah there's like as you said there's so many cool little touches that this game has that make me you know absolutely love the visual direction for example the whole game's set in a movie and i just love how the top and the bottom of the screen look like this film reel going Mm. forward the entire time i thought that was really cool and um my favorite detail which i actually didn't like the first time encountered it because it made no sense to me but on reflection i'm like that actually is really cool is that when you jump in this game and you jump really high, the camera doesn't, like, move up to follow you. It actually, like, stays on the ground and tilts backwards Mm -hmm. because it's, like, simulating an audience in the theatre looking up at you jumping up. When I realised that, I was like, this is amazing. Um, And even though, you know, I had a bit of gripe with it from a gameplay perspective, I, I, I actually would sacrifice that for the... You know, direction any day.
0: See, the way I took it was it was a camera that was tilting up at you, not not the audience tilting up at you. But I guess mm. either oh, yeah, sure. one of that those works things too. works. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like when you die, you hear the director go, cut, cut, cut. No, no, no.
1: Another take. Yeah, everything like that. And the announcer, uh, everything's really snappy. Like you said, when you pause the game, it like snaps onto screen with this loud sound effect. Mm. Um, And that's another thing I love about this game is the sound effects, right? I think that the soundtrack in this game is okay, but the little sound effects are, like, out of this world. The sounds of you punching, I love that when you're punching, it sounds like a camera shutter closing. I think it, you know, ties into the whole film uh, aesthetic really well. It just everything sounds good. When
0: you punch enemies into other enemies, it makes, like, a bowling pin noise. It's ridiculous, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's great. I love it because that's basically what what's happening. They're being turned into bowling pins and they're spinning
1: Yeah, out. and most of the enemies you fight are robots that, like, break into pieces as you're punching them and the shatter sound is so like crunchy it's really great i think that this is one of the like best examples of you know using sound effects to provide feedback to the player i've seen in the game
0: yep it's got a really really crisp uh crisp palette i i enjoyed the sound effects um did you want to talk about the music a bit now
1: yeah i actually um was listening to the music again after playing the game and it, it like it actually struck me how low-key some of the pieces are and I think that's because the sound effects are going crazy all the time I think it would just become an absolute cacophony um if the back backing track was like that as well and that's not to say that it's slow but it's not as high octane as I was like I thought it was when I was playing the game
0: that's that's weird I had like literally the opposite reaction I thought that the soundtrack was very high octane like you hear the snare drums going at full pace like 100% of the time in pretty much every single song I I was going to say that one of my criticisms of the soundtrack are that there isn't really while there's a little bit of variety in noise and you know sound from song to song there's no variation in tempo from song to song these are all battle themes like it's just an entire soundtrack no no no
1: no 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 Remember um, every time you encounter the boss, there's like that suspenseful building up soundtrack before... Because it's like you walk into the boss room and you, the player, you know there's a boss there, but the, the like the main character, Joe, he doesn't know. And there's like the suspense there of like seeing who it could be. Do you remember that?
0: Uh, yeah, okay. That, that's a, probably a small moment of slowdown. But, but what I remember from this soundtrack is just generally non-stop battle themes and i know it's unfair to compare it to fury because fury has literally probably one of the best soundtracks ever made but when you look at a game like fury like the variety and breadth in the sort of boss themes and everything is remarkable this one all felt they felt very samey to me
1: yeah i, I can see that i think they did a good job of changing the kind of sound from level to level like the underwater level and the, the space level sounded very different and so did the one where you know flying around in your ship but yeah you know they're all pretty high like fairly high tempo i don't think any of them are as like crazy bombastic as i was ex- like as i remembered them being before going back to review the music um but they're all they're all decent i think
0: and don't get me wrong like it actually suits the game because the game yeah, is absolutely an a- the game is an action movie and you have this, you know, bombastic track to keep going. It's just comparing to something like Devil May Cry. And I am i apologize. I'm going to use that as a reference point a lot because obviously there's a lot of lineage between the two games. This in a lot of ways to me feels like the precursor to that game. But Devil May Cry has like the battle themes whenever you get into a fight, which is like rock and electric guitar and similar to yeah. this. And then it's got like kind of more haunting atmospheric moment as you're exploring these gothic castles and beautiful joe doesn't have that natural variation in soundtracks it's a lot more battle theme focus
1: yeah all the time and you know i don't i didn't mind that i think like as you said it does match the themes that the game's trying to you know push onto the player yeah um but i like i can see that as a criticism but it, it didn't bother me at all honestly um i thought that the boss themes were better than the level the general level themes personally um and i loved there's this like little sound bite that plays at the start of every single boss theme for about five seconds that mm-hmm. like kind of ties into the battle starting and they like it's the same five seconds on every single boss theme um, and they use that to overlay the fight starting with the announcer music saying to like start the battle and i think it's really cool uh you know it gets you really hyped up to start the fight
0: yeah it's well done um the little little thing that ties all the fights together and you know for all me saying that the boss fight things were samey i do appreciate that there were so many unique pieces of music and I think having unique boss themes is really important thematically yes. to help tie them together. So I, I enjoyed the music more when I was actually playing the game. i got to say, I found trying to listen to it all in one go, I found it exhausting because it's just like, I always felt like it was at 100%. And I'm like, I can't listen to this for 10 minutes because it's too <laughs> Yeah, it's too I
1: much think to think I think the mixing and the, the way it changes during the game and, you know, because you get absorbed into the battles... Um, I think it's a lot better in game. It's not the kind of soundtrack that I'd listen to outside of playing the game, but I did enjoy yeah. it. Um, one thing I want to point out to you um, and something that I thought was really cool. You know how in a lot of comic book shows and like anime, that the big bads have this tendency of like naming their attacks they do that in this as well and like it's really funny how much more sense that makes in a video game than in like something you just sit down and watching because it serves the purpose of informing the player what attack they're going to use and like what pattern you have to like watch out for um and using that as a kind of like indicator to what you have to you know what's coming next i thought is you know it makes a lot of sense all right? i
0: can think of is um do you remember on our psychonauts episode? You fight um Coach Oleander as the um as the big Godzilla-like monster. And uh one of his yeah. attacks is hard to avoid area attack
1: and
0: he he yeah. says it like that. <laughs> It's not quite that bad, but uh, but yeah, it, it does like the sound cues are a really useful way to help identify enemy attack.
1: I have one of them like burnt into my mind too. Do you remember Alistair's fight? The like, yes. it's like the knot. yeah, and he yells round trip over and over while spawning <laughs> these swords that come after you. I've got that like stuck in my head like round heaps trip, of these. Round yeah, trip. yeah, <laughs> heaps of these sound cues are super memorable, and uh, I like I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the sound design especially the sound effects and some of the, oh we haven't talked about voice acting yet um, is fairly well done. Um, <laughs> how did you feel what? How did you feel about the English job? Okay so let me I can tell from your reaction that you didn't love it, but I thought it was extremely like cheesy and hammy and that's exactly what I want from this like Saturday morning superhero cartoon okay. show. So
0: so the voice acting was bad, but I think the real problem even more so than the voice acting was the script. Because the voice actors could only do so much with a script. And where, where the visuals are snappy and to the point and really well done, the script is the literal opposite. Every time these characters were speaking, I wanted them to shut up. Like, I found it really frustrating. <laughs> there was one character, you know, the, um, the Jaws shark guy? Just shut up. Oh my god. It's
1: so bad. It's so bad. It's so belabored. That guy was particularly awful. Um, I didn't hate anyone else, but I do I do distinctly remember wanting that dialogue sequence to end, yes.
0: So so once again I'm gonna compare it to uh Devil May Cry, in particular Devil May Cry three. Because Joe feels like a prototype of Dante in a lot of ways, in that it's kind of like the smug, cocky, sarcastic sort of character who's firing off quips. And Devil May Cry 3 just does it a million times better. Like, Dante's lines are shorter and sharper and more to the point. And the enemies and the bosses that he's antagonizing, they play it a lot straighter. Like, they're, they're all evil, more, you know, evil, more demonic more, I guess, cliched in that regard. So Dante plays really well with those enemies. I felt like there was a weird thing going on where sometimes the movie bosses were also being sarcastic and sometimes Joe was kind of fumbling around with his lines. I think the best sort of exchange is when he comes up against the Fire Lion boss because it plays out a lot more like in Devil May Cry 3 with the generic evil villain saying join us and uh and joe just you know it
1: was okay my favorite part of the script was when you fight alistair who's like he's working for the evil organization i guess but really he just wants to see like if he's strong enough to fight you when he's monologuing at you, he pulls out this script and like starts reading it in this really bored sounding tone. He's like, I don't actually care about any of that. I just want to fight. I thought that was kind of funny.
0: Well, where he just reads the whole evil plan oh, He just plan reads,
1: he reads the evil plan off the script. Like it. it's, I mean, I guess it's playing off the whole how stupid monologues are, right?
0: Yeah. See, I don't know how I feel about that because you can forgive a lot of the, I guess, bad writing as being like, Playing off, you know, superhero tropes and stuff, which which is fine, but it also comes across as a little lazy to me. Um, When we did our Max Payne episode, I think that was a really good example of of something that was like a homage to, and you know, loved its cliche of crime and noir, but it kind of was elevated to something better. Like I felt like they did a really good job making it stand as an enjoyable story in its own right. This feels very beautiful, Joe. It just feels, you know, reductive and not really worth your attention. Like, is is nothing wrong with it? It's not. It's not, you know, Hideo Kojima bad, but it's, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, oh it, it's still, it's still not great, and I, I never loved it.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, Max Payne, like comparing it to Max Payne script, like obviously doesn't even come close.
0: Oh, sure. I, I, I just meant like as an example of something that's filled with cliche yeah, and no, a little like bit Yeah, but no, like I, com-
1: I agree yeah. that it's, um, pretty mediocre as a whole. I didn't hate it. I don't mm. think it. That shark bit that we mentioned, the shark boss, his dialogue was, like, god-awful. But outside of that one specific instance, you know, I was fine with it for the most part. It was okay.
0: Yeah, I um, I didn't like it. I, I think, like, even Spider-Man has better and sharper quips. Platinum Games definitely uh, improved on this on this as they uh, made more games.
1: Yeah, sure. So I guess we both agree that, you know, visually and audioly is that a word? Um, audibly this game's audibly yeah this game's pretty good um so i guess it's time for a quick music break as we've been going for you know 30 minutes now uh as i said before i think the boss themes are really good for this game so i want to share with you my favorite boss theme which is the one that plays when you fight against another joe so here you go guys
0: That was another Joe, and uh, when I asked James off air why he liked it, he told me oh. it's because he liked it. So Fuck I can't you. give you, I can't give you any more detail apart from that. Um, it's time to get into what you've all been waiting for, which is the gameplay of Beautiful Joe. This is the. No,
1: we already spoke about the story.
0: <laughs> this is the uh, meat and potatoes of the game, as it were. So the uh, basic gameplay of of beautiful joe is that it's a 2d up um you move left and right on the screen and you can jump up on various platforms uh enemies come at you and you can either punch or kick them you can jump to dodge enemy attacks and there's also some mini dodges You can press up or down on the control stick to do a small upwards dodge, or you can duck under enemy attacks. Very shortly after you start playing the game, you start receiving power-ups. And uh, these... Sorry, not power-ups. You start receiving your powers. And these are your VFX powers, your movie powers, as it were. There is a slow one, where you slow the pace of time. There is a speed one, where Joe... uh, gets to insanely rapid speeds. And trust me, those are two very different powers despite them uh, seeming similar. And the final one is zoom, where the camera zooms right in on you and you get a massive multiplication on your damage. Uh, the way these powers work is that there's a constantly regenerating bar at the top of the screen. And the more you lose, use your powers, the more the bar depletes until it empties completely. And you're reverted into regular Joe form
1: for a while. You lose your like superhero suit for a while and you're pretty vulnerable to taking damage. So the game disincentivizes you from using all of your power. Because as long as you leave a little slivy left, you won't go back into that vulnerable state. But sometimes you just you make a little mistake and you go back to being a regular human being for a little while.
0: The um, only other wrinkles to add is that you get some additional moves and upgrades as you play through the game. It's a pretty limited set. It's nothing as elaborate as Devil May Cry. And there's also a few items, some bombs and a boomerang that you get access to that you can pick up or buy from the shop. So that's really it. Like uh, You have boss battles, you have fight against mooks, you've got some puzzles. Uh, where do you want to start, James? What, what should we talk about first? Is Is there anything in particular you want to do a deep dive on? Do you want to... Typify the gameplay in a simple sentence?
1: Um, I just want to start off with a little aside, a little story mm-hmm. um, about my experience with this game. And as you guys may know, the last time we played a game using Dolphin was back when we did uh, F0GX, and that's a while ago now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, F0GX had this really weird. because con- obviously. Um, I'm playing with a controller that's not a GameCube controller on my PC. I'm playing with an Xbox controller. And the original GameCube controls don't quite map perfectly to the Xbox controls. So back when we did um, F-Zero GX, I noticed that Accelerate was on like at the a equivalent button and on the top it was the boost and that was really awkward because i kind of had to not use my thumb if i wanted to boost so i thought it would be a great idea to move boost onto one of the shoulder buttons so i did that when i played beautiful joe um one of the things that struck me is that you only had one attack button like oh no (laughs) And you could only kick enemies, and so I thought, okay, maybe he's just a superhero that can kick. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I tell you this now, because I went through the first two levels of the game Only only thinking that you can kick honestly that's and not then, even the
0: worst thing like that, i you could you could beat this game just kicking probably
1: you could do it but you do so much less damage with kicking than yep. you do with punching in a lot of situations like there's this helicopter boss oh yeah right that would have game it was an absolute nightmare with just the kick button yeah,
0: deflecting the bullets would have been really hard if you were just kicking yeah
1: But I like to think that I I got good and managed to beat at the end. Um, This game has two difficulty levels, and this is one of my favorite parts of the game. The difficulty levels are called Kids and Adults, because, you know, it's like a movie ticket for kids and adults. And, you know, I managed to beat this big boy game with just kicks. Um, Um, Well, at least two levels. I should
0: should say straight up that I uh, and I'm kind of ashamed of this. I kind of cheese this game a bit. Um, so in Beautiful Joe, before we get into like the the gameplay, uh, there are no checkpoints on levels. There are zero yes. checkpoints. There are seven levels, which is the entire game, and there are literally zero checkpoints. There's a live system which which gives you checkpoints. So you have like a limited number of checkpoints on each level. But once you die for good, you go back to the start of the level and do it all over again. What I was doing was. Uh, once i died to the final or tough boss of each level i when i got back there again i would create a save state right before the boss so i could practice the boss over and over again um and then i would you know go back to the start of the level and beat the level legit but uh i basically wasn't prepared to repeat the entire level from start to finish without getting some actual practice on the bosses which were the massive difficulty spikes of each episode
1: wow you um you were a lot more lenient with those than i was i just i just put a save at the start of each boss and you know beat it from there um i didn't bother going back to the start but i like you i did i did make sure i beat the whole level without saving um before getting to the boss but it'd be absolutely brutal i don't know how you could do this without doing it this way i think um the lack of checkpoints is honestly a big detriment in my mind i like the bosses are really the the bosses are very fair very fair but learning the bosses takes a lot of time right so
0: you need you need to learn their attack
1: yeah you would have to do each level like 10 plus times to get enough practice against each boss before you beat it it's very difficult on the hard setting but Each segment's very doable, it's just that doing it all in one go without dying is, like, nightmarishly hard.
0: Well, the the real problem is that, like, you know, it takes so long to get through the level, which you know how to do, and then you get to the boss and you die. It's like the whole last section of Cave Story uh, all over again, where... You're just repeating this big long <laughs> grind that you know how to do to get to the actual yeah. difficult part. So yeah, I um I cheesed it with save state so I could just practice the boss over and over again. And then I beat the level legitimately. But um I uh I was in no mood to just continuously do that. I did it for Devil May Cry when I was learning that game, and that game took me forever to learn how to play. So I think this is a much better method of doing
1: it. I honestly am surprised there weren't checkpoints before each boss. Like very surprised. Yeah. Um there is I think you can save the game so you could just load it up if you wanted, but that would take ages.
0: So no checkpoints bad. Yeah. I uh would like to begin being controversial right now if that's okay. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, James, I really, really wanted to enjoy this game more than I did. So I know it's got nearly universal critical acclaim from both, you know, the journalists and, and its fans. And I'm a big fan of the 3D offerings of Platinum Games. But the truth is, I just bounced off this game and the experience really hard. I didn't really have that much fun playing it. I'm surprised. And if I had to just like nominate and explain the number one reason for why I didn't love this game, it would be that what what it ended up feeling to me was it was about using your superpowers, particularly slowing down time, than it was getting good at, I guess... Fighting enemies and dodging attacks. Um, and I've struggled to find a rhythm that I was comfortable with, with that I have in pretty much every other 3D fighter that I've ever played because I was just constantly, constantly spamming the slow down time button, yes, all the time.
1: Yeah, me too. I think you're absolutely right. Like, I was, um well not right about not enjoying it you have bad taste there but (laughs) but um i was also surprised that this game has much less focus on like intricate like learning moves and combos and that kind of thing and much more of a focus on like using the right power at the right time of which is relatively simple to do um, I thought that in the first level before you get any powers I was like trying to figure out how to kick enemies up into the air and then do combos when they're stuck in the air to get them do to die in one combo and then once uh-huh. I mastered that I felt pretty good and then as soon as you get the slow down power... All of that stuff is just, like, thrown out the window because you can just... It's
0: just irrelevant,
1: Yeah, right? you just walk up to an enemy. Like, all the mooks in this game, are just you slow down time and they explode. Um, there's no skill to it or whatever near the end of the game. Like, only the, like, mini-boss enemies even come close to being difficult. And then as soon as you get... Which I guess ties into the the way the difficulty works, but I hate that. So as soon as you get the zoom-in power and you can combine slowing down time with zoom in you just like shred through mooks so i was kind of surprised about that cuz slow down zoom ends up being you know well for me at least it probably was for you as well right the number one way to damage enemies
0: well yeah it was particularly with MP- yeah that was how i damage enemies but the thing was i use slow down literally non-stop because it doesn't only give you a huge damage boost it also just helps you dodge, dodge
1: things yeah correct everything yeah.
0: because you know Everything's moving super slow. So I was just tapping slow down time 90% of the time. And I'd used the speed up power on occasion, but really i felt getting good at this game was primarily about mastering the slow down time power
1: up yeah and um you can use speed up and slow down at the same time to like because when you slow down time you go slow as well but if you speed up you move at normal speed while everyone else moves slow at the cost of draining your meter twice as fast and that makes dodging things like really simple if you um use it in small bursts to not deplete your meter Mm -hmm. um I think that in general, just fighting mooks was pretty... Like, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Um, I think that the boss fights were a lot, lot better than the mooks. And if this game was just boss fights, I probably would have liked it more, honestly.
0: Okay, okay, let's get into that. Because the thing was, I, I agree that the bosses were better than fighting mooks. But even then, I never loved it. There was something about these fights and... I'm happy to accept that this is a problem with me and that there's something I'm fundamentally misunderstanding but the fights never felt clean to me. I that's the best way I have really? to describe it. When when I played when I played Devil May Cry and when I got good at Devil May Cry I felt I could beat bosses without taking any damage essentially because over the course of the fight you kind of learn all of the dodge windows it's like okay you learn to read the attack and then you dodge at exactly the right time yes you dodge the attack then you get an opening to get some damage in and it goes back and forth like that over a period
1: of time i did feel that way about this game i think that the boss fights in this game are incredibly fair every time i encountered a new boss it fucking destroyed me for like 10 minutes of me just getting my ass kicked and then i would slowly like learn each of its attacks and how to avoid them and then the like when i finally beat the boss i would do it without taking like any damage because i knew what to avoid and how not to get killed i think that every single boss attack in this game is avoidable easily avoidable even if you know what to look out for and that every boss has like a strategy that when you use it makes the boss pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of finding that strategy. And this is my favorite kind of boss design because it's very fair. There's only one instance in the entire game um, where I think a boss um, can hit you with damage that's unavoidable. And that's like the last boss, because it's a a, a bit of a projectile clusterfuck at times. But other than that, I think the boss is a really fun, fair and a big learning process for you to get around on.
0: Yeah, maybe there's something I fundamentally misunderstood because the way I would approach boss fights is, broadly speaking, is when I had my VFX meter up and I had slow, I'd be trying to hit them. And then when it was down low, I'd be away dodging and then I'd be tapping the slow button nonstop to give me, I guess, more reaction frames to whatever attack was coming my way. And a lot of the time you can like attack enemy attacks out of the air or you can there's a move that's a dive kick and the dive kick improves your mobility a lot so i was able to you know tap that then when i saw an attack coming my way dive kick out of the way Mm. but i didn't feel like i was learning enemy patterns like i do in devil may cry where they do a swing and i learn the perfect timing for the dodge and then i hit them i felt like i was just spamming the slow button like i Okay. I, I can't emphasize enough that that was the fundamental sort of experience I had and how I learned how to play this game and how I felt was the most effective way to approach it, which was to spam slow. And the thing is, I don't enjoy playing the game in that way.
1: Honestly, in the fights, once I figured out how each fight works, most of the boss fights I only used slow down to like boost my damage oh okay in full speed i was able to like even there's this boss that's this big flaming lion that yes. turns into a tornado and then like to beat it you have to like duck five of its attacks that come out really fast when i beat yes. that boss i did the tornado bits without slowdown down at all because i found it like easier um but that took me uh-huh. ages to get to that point and even then i had to use it like sparingly But I found that particularly the second boss, the big dude with the axe, if you Mm. know, if you figure out how to beat him, which is to bait out his low attack that you jump over, um, you can just get them stuck in a lot of Kind of loops where they just do the same attack over and over that you can easily dodge.
0: Yeah, I beat the lion guy just by kind of hugging him and going into slow mo and hitting him a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, because um, I mean, I actually had to look up the strategy on a couple of bosses like just to get me started because the lion in particular. I had no idea how to actually damage him. Um, it took me... Oh, right. Like, I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. Because you have to use one of your powers in this particular way that I'd never really done before in order to actually be able to hit him. Because he's got, like, this big damage aura around him the entire time. But, like, once I knew that, it was fine. Um, in general, you know, the bosses are my favorite part of the game. I really like fighting all of them, except for maybe the first boss which is this big bat i think it has like way too much health for how easy it is to fight
0: first boss was a helicopter mate
1: Uh, it's like a mini boss i found i found all of the big vehicle fights to be kind of like tedious honestly yeah
0: yeah i think that here's the thing i reckon that like as ridiculous as it sounds i i think that if the slowdown power or the powers in general were either Maybe not removed, but maybe if they did a thing with Devil Trigger in um, Devil May Cry, where it was like a thing that built up over, you know, when you took and dealt damage, and then you got 10 to 15 seconds of power, I would have enjoyed it more. Fun fact,
1: when you beat this game on adult, um, and you're a big boy, (laughs) you unlock another playable (laughs) character, Sylvia, um, you know, your girlfriend from the game Spoilers. Um, And she plays kind of differently to Joe, which is she has double the speed but takes double damage. And then when you beat and you unlock a harder difficulty, and then and I didn't do this myself, I looked this up because you know beating the extra hard difficulty above me. But there's there's about there's four characters you can unlock to play through the game as that all play through kind of differently. And one of them is Alistair, the like the black dark counterpart you know like the black ranger from power rangers tier yeah yeah and you can play as him and he actually has that mechanic that you just described where it builds up and he doesn't he doesn't automatically transform into his stronger self you have to like manually do it and it drains a lot faster right yeah so you know maybe that's something for you to look into but in general i disagree because i think the powers are the entire backbone of this game And I think it does a really good job of utilizing them in these really bizarre ways that I thought were like both interesting creatively and kind of comedic. These are like the puzzle sections, right? Kind of, yeah. Like on the second boss, for example, there's this move he takes where he throws all these missiles everywhere that sets the whole stage on fire. And you can, like, if you're on fire, you take damage over time. But the way to put the fire out is to actually press the speed up button. And because the visual effect on the speed up button is this whoosh where like all this wind goes really fast across the screen, the wind actually like puts the fire out. It's really fast and like you know breaks physics stuff like that i really like
0: i did like that yeah or
1: um if you have a bomb i don't know if you figured this out but if you throw a bomb at an enemy and then just before it explodes you pause to slow down time or you slow down time the bomb's like explosion sprite stays on screen for a while and the enemy Mm. takes damage from it over and over and over again until it disappears so you get like 10 times the damage from a bomb by slowing yeah i i wonder if that's an exploit because no, it seemed kind of strong it's definitely it's not, not it's just nice part of the game, of the game okay. yeah there's heaps of stuff okay. like that that like breaks the laws of physics with these powers but make it really cool and um those you know unique ways of using them were some of my favorite parts of the game which um i think does a good job in general of you know mixing up what you're doing other than fighting mooks occasionally
0: yeah it's it's not that you know playing through each level is like incredibly painful i i really think the main problem with it is that the fights against the idiot enemies are so uninspired and unengaging one of the things that devil may cry has over this game even though it has a similar level structure with no checkpointing is that the fights against the regular enemies can be just as compelling as the boss battles.
1: They can be. I think that um, sometimes in those games, like, the mooks become pretty trivial as well, but they have enough health that it's still fun just to combo them and try different moves on them, like they're punching bags.
0: That's it, exactly. Even when you've mastered the combat and they're not a challenge, it's still fun to, I guess, destroy them perfectly because you've got, you know you're trying to maximize your style meter and yeah. it, it's it's just a more satisfying experience yeah. so yeah if, if i couldn't if i wasn't you know safe stating before the bosses to learn them i i can't imagine how bored i would have been just running through those early stages yeah like
1: no I, I completely agree with that i think the lack of a checkpointing system is pretty garbage even though the, the the actual fighting of the mooks was boring i want to go back and talk about the sound again because actually like for me actually just punching this thing's sounds and like the feedback you get from hitting things is so good that i still kind of enjoyed it for the most part hitting robots and hearing the sound effects of them shattering is just great like the feedback in this game is so so good
0: yeah and i like i said i do like the way enemies kind of like scatter into one another when you get a yeah. um, <laughs> a dodge off uh you get a chance to ricochet them and uh take out other enemies with them it's very satisfying yeah but uh yeah i i once again feel it's let down by the fact that you just go into slow mode you you never really I, so i want to the thing is james the problem i always had was a problem of rhythm and rhythm seems like a silly thing to talk about with fighting games but i think it's like so essential to the experience there needs to be a natural flow a natural back and forth And I just didn't get that from Beautiful Joe at any stage. It was always so stilted because I was constantly dropping in and out of these powers. It didn't feel like I was like fighting things for a while. I'd power up and do a sweet move and then I'd go back to fighting enemies. I was just always in my powers. I was always constantly zipping out of slowed down time, and regular time. And I just wonder if maybe the problem is that you do extra damage in when time slows down.
1: Maybe. Like,
0: your your most effective way to get through the game quickly is to slow down time because it amplifies your damage. Maybe if slow down time was literally just a slowing down of time, like, you could use it to solve puzzles and get, like, specific, you know, attacks... In, uh, in you know, when enemies are spinning or whatever, to break to break them out of that state. Yeah, I just it might have been a lot more enjoyable. I
1: never had this problem that you're describing. Like, you know, I'd run at an enemy, I'd zoom in and slow and punch it a couple of times, zoom out, run over to another enemy, repeat. Um, and, you know, I guess like it would look fine to me, and it felt fine to me. Um, I I really okay. didn't have this problem you're having. I wish there had been a not more incentive to use going for, like the speed up. Uh, i Mm -hmm. thought was really underutilized the only thing you really use it for is that often like you go so fast you spawn like after images of yourself that hit other things on the screen and there's Mm -hmm. this thing where there's items in like the background and the foreground that because you're on a 2d plane you can't access but if you spawn a lot of after images sometimes they'll like punch it to break it open um which i thought was kind of funny i liked that um i didn't
0: even notice that that's very cool
1: Really? Okay, yeah. There was... I, I didn't
0: use Speed Up very often, honestly.
1: Okay, yeah, because did you not notice all those boxes in the background that had no way of, like, hitting? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm stupid, aren't I? <laughs> um, So, yeah, there was that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really liked this game. I thought it was fun.
0: Yeah, I, the thing is, James, like, I feel bad because I don't even think it's a bad game. It's just... I just kind of bounced off it. It just... Um... It just never clicked with me.
1: I just kind of saw the slowdown and the speed up as, you know, part of your arsenal, like the same as punching or kicking was. So, um, which I thought in general was used pretty well. Um, a lot of the bosses generally require you to make use of this spinning move you can do when zoomed in in order to knock away things a lot. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty well done. The boss fights in this game, in my mind, are excellent. I loved all of them and you know the mooks are they're whatever they're still fun to hit because they sound great when you punch them but they don't offer a huge challenge
0: just another point to bring up i talked about the limited field of view before and i think it did have a gameplay repercussion okay um there are times where enemies are kind of like off your screen or at the edges of your screen and you can't see them very clearly and i found that really really irritating because i was just imagining if this screen was slightly more zoomed out there would be a much more clarity in these fights yeah because that as it is is, they're sometimes like awkwardly out-, out of view and when you rely so much on the visual cues of their attacks i found that really frustrating
1: yeah i wish that was wider as well i completely agree there i guess uh the last thing to touch on, maybe, is that there's some puzzles in this game. I had to look up one of them, I think, um, that I just could not figure out. But in general, I thought, you know, they're not the kind of puzzle that take you out of the action, like you kind of do them while fighting things at the same time. And I thought it was a good way to stop the tedium of the game. I particularly liked, I don't know if it's even a puzzle, it's like the entire level design of the submarine level mm-hmm. um, has you flipping the level upside down and other ways to kind of traverse it from different point of view and i thought that was pretty good
0: yeah i mean i, I had to look up a couple of puzzles as well and then i immediately felt stupid because it was something incredibly obvious S- simple
1: so yeah it, yeah
0: <laughs> it's it's funny it's kind of a stretch to call them puzzles it's more like use x power in x way to to do this yeah. so i imagine you can just eventually brute force them all by just testing all the powers in different ways
1: yeah absolutely but um
0: yeah, in general, yeah, they were a fine addition. Um, breaking it up, giving the level a bit of flow. I, I didn't mind it at Some all. Of them... um, it was nothing special, but it was it was like it suited the theme and everything.
1: Like the other uses of the powers, they always break the laws of physics. There's this one where you're riding the top of this truck um, that's powered by like a jet booster and it's doing this big jump, but it never makes the big <laughs> jump. So what you do is you slow down time and apparently slowing down time makes the energy coming out of the jet booster build up and up and up so when you like release it zooms off it goes flying all yeah. at once yeah it's so funny <laughs> i really like yeah, that's how... I, re- I really liked the like physics laws breaking thing i've said that before but i think it's really funny it is
0: right like it's it's movie logic it's like yeah don't think too hard about this <laughs> yeah. but, but for the sake of it it works
1: yeah and uh, i guess at the end of the day you know everything about this is trying to tie back into that theme of being inside movie world um, which, you know, I think it does great. I-, I love when games build around this specific theme and then pull it off really well, which I think Beautiful Joe absolutely does.
0: Yes, thematically, it's very strong. It, it's- it kind of is seeped into all of Beautiful Joe's pores. It takes that Saturday morning cartoon style and everything comes from that.
1: Yeah, it's just, I, I-, I love this game. I think it's, uh, I think it's really good
0: so before we go on to conclusions shall we have another music break Jimmy
1: yeah sure um I guess it's your turn this time so what did you want to share with us
0: it is ev03 kidnapped Sylvia it's the track that plays right after you beat what you initially assume is the big bad and uh, one of the reasons I liked this one is that it was a departure from the more frantic music a, a very a very short departure. It starts off with violins and I'm pretty sure they're not real violins, it's probably, you know, synthesized violins. And um, it's got some electro tones that come in later. It's it's just a minute long track, but um I enjoyed it for the breakup from the normal sounds.
1: Excellent. Well, here we go guys. So that was Evo 3 um, and I guess that brings us to the near the end of the episode and like towards our conclusions. So Patrick did you want to lead us on your final thoughts?
0: So yes and as uh, I apologize to any fans of this game because this game is beautiful and I know that people adore this game to pieces but the truth is that when it came to the essential combat the essential gameplay which is what I love I found this experience not particularly compelling. It's not even that there's a problem, there's like a significant problem with the bosses or anything. It's not like the tells aren't fair or the hitboxes aren't good or anything. It's just that the fundamental way I engaged with this game and the way I found the most effective to defeat this game was to abuse the slow power-up nonstop. And it led to a very stilted experience to me. And compared to pretty much any other fighting game I've played, uh, you know, All the Devil May Cries, Bayonetta, uh, even stuff like Hollow Knight or Fury, there's just like a better rhythm and flow to the combat that I far preferred than what appeared in this game. It's a gorgeous game. I'm not saying don't try it. I would actually say that I think that if you like these fighting games and you like Platinum games, this is a game that's worth trying yourself. Just from speaking to James and from what I've read, my experience doesn't really sound like it's that resonant with a lot of people. So it's certainly unique enough and it doesn't have any significant problems apart from the power up thing that I'd say don't ever not try it it's just that personally would I recommend this to another person no I wouldn't I I didn't I didn't love this and I didn't have a great time.
1: this game's aesthetic is like one of the strongest I've seen in a game period I think this game is going to look incredible 10 years from now 20 years now 30 years from now forever really Um, I think this game looks better than like most games that are coming out currently I it it just it blows my mind that this came out in 2001 Um, the presentation the sound design the sound design is the all-star of this even to even above the aesthetics for me The sound effects are just incredible and snappy and they sound so, so good. I love the aesthetic, I love the presentation of this game and I find the gameplay to be really fun too, especially the bosses. Yes, fighting regular mooks does get a bit tiring after all, but I did have... You know, it was a supreme joy every time I found a new boss to fight and I'd spend, you know, a good half hour or more, you know, learning its patterns and figuring out how to beat it. And like the sheer satisfaction you get from, you know, nailing this one fight down and knowing all the ins and outs and the little tricks and where to get power ups from hidden in the level. And, you know, there's just so much to discover. I I really liked Beautiful Joe. I would absolutely recommended and i think it hasn't aged poorly at all you know it's just as good today as it was when it came out this game was as they say beautiful shut up james (laughs) god damn it how long have you been waiting to make that pun (laughs) the entire episode (laughs) Yo, i mean isn't
0: that what happens in the story so like so the alistair compliments him and says that attack it was beautiful what was your name again he goes uh beautiful joe (laughs) Yeah.
1: hey i thought you said you didn't like the cheesiness i actually i thought that um the conversations with alistair were definitely the best in the game i i
0: agree they they were the best but yeah on the whole not a fan I, i i mean once again i didn't hate it it's just it was it was just there it was just it was just there
1: so yeah um, recommend from me and like a half recommend from Patrick, I guess is the way uh that this goes. <laughs>
0: yeah, so something like that. About, uh, about half a recommend from me. Yeah,
1: and that's fair enough. And I guess that brings us to the end of the episode then, Patrick. Did you wanna do all the um <laughs> the fun chilling at the end?
0: I would be delighted to. Uh firstly thank you once again, everyone who's listened to this episode so far. We love having you here. What I would say is if you enjoyed um, this episode and you want to continue the conversation... We have a Discord server, and we're always willing and keen to have new members there. We talk about all games, new and old. We get into lots of uh, arguments of games, old and new, which uh, which we mostly enjoy. It remains largely civil, although uh, it's been a several lot of weeks
1: and we're games. still arguing about ARPGs after the Diablo episode. I don't think that one's ever going to go away anytime soon.
0: But yeah, it, it's all in good fun. You know, we love talking about video games. That's why we do this show. So uh, we would love for you to drop by and uh, join the conversation. More broadly speaking, you can find all of our content at our website, which is rspodcast.net. We don't only have our podcasts there. We also have a large array of articles. I've been trying to write an article that uh, does a deep dive on every single uh, episode that we've done. So I'd love if you would check it out. Tell me uh, tell me why I'm wrong <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or what I'm wrong about. Uh, That's what I I'm have here some, for,
1: Patrick. <laughs> I
0: have some rather st- strong opinions. And yeah, I don't hear enough of it from James, clearly. Uh, you can send us an email at uh, retrospectorspodcast at gmail.com. And as always, our podcasts are available pretty much everywhere. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, before we go, it's time to talk about the episode for next fortnight. our final uh, proper episode of uh, of this year.
1: Oh, is it going to be another brown shooter? Uh, well,
0: in a <laughs> manner of speaking, unfortunately, oh? yes. One of our Discord users uh, recommended a game called Armored Core. Uh, the thing is, I'm always banging on about Dark Souls. In fact, it's become a running joke that I can't write an <laughs> a article.
1: A little bit, yeah. Without...
0: <laughs> without referencing Dark Souls in some way, shape, or form. It's a serious affliction. So Bruno was like, all right, you should try out Armored Core, which is one of the very first games that From Software ever made. Back in 1998 for the PlayStation 1, it's like a mech shooter. So James, at least we've graduated to third-person mech shooter. Over This us. is a
1: big departure from you. This is a Japanese big mech fighting game, so I'm you know, quite eager to see what do you think of it because i don't think it's going to be anything like you expect
0: well the thing is i don't want to push too far out of the comforts of my safety zone this way i still get to play a robot shooting guns and that's like just slightly <laughs> expanding my boundaries and if i keep doing that eventually we'll get into dating sims
1: excellent <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> so uh, so um thanks again for everyone from listening and we'll see you again in a fortnight
0: adios